previously on This Is How We Roll. I'm gonna conjure Faye, and I'm gonna conjure summon a fucking Triceratops. <laughs> and it is going to attempt to bite the demon. You are grappled. While the T-Rex has you grappled, the target is you are restrained, and the Tyrannosaurus can't bite another target. I will now you don't with uh, the demon. Thinking it can't bite me since it's already clenched down, but now I'm just like a cork in its mouth. I'm going to switch places with the demon and just uh, lay in this T-Rex's mouth. Interesting. Wow. And so Piper hops on Triceratops and is going to take a swing at the T-Rex from there. Piper charges forward and is going to take a line on this um, Triceratops that takes her along the belly side of this T-Rex as it's laying prone, tangled up in this vine, and she is just going to try to Taunt-taunt it. great sword this thing. And as she pulls it out the second time, those of you near the T-Rex's head see it slump to the ground, lit by the strange light from beneath it. You see a gaunt and skeletal form. Someone want to quickly recap what happened last week? We fought a dinosaur. Um, that is a very good quick recap. <laughs> um, we also had dreams. Yes. yes. And oh, yeah. We had dreams. It's good. It's and, good to uh, have dreams. Mascore summoned a Stegosaurus. No, no, tri- Triceratops. Yeah. Stegosaurus. Oh, Triceratops. Right. Triceratops. And a, ho- and and a, a horse. horse. Yes. Oh, it was a tri- classic Triceratops versus T-Rex versus... Um, Equus. Yeah, horse yeah. and orc on horse. The horse died, though. <laughs> a horrible death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then we oh, killed the so T-Rex. Funny. And then we walked through a waterfall and we changed back into ourselves from the game pieces. Yes, and that's where we'll pick it up. Uh, who was the last person that passed through? Was it Dresden? No, it was no. me. Yeah, Macecore. Oh, it was Macecore. Okay, so Macecore passes through the veil of water and experiences that temporary pain. Instantaneously, it goes away, and he finds himself transformed back into Macecore. And the six of you are now standing in your humanoid, your normal humanoid forms in this chamber. And can you give me a perception check, please? Yes, I can. That's a 21 for Dresden. A 16 for Felosio. Oh, yeah, and this is as your No real longer the shit. shadow. Uh-huh. Yeah, Felosio didn't like being the shadow. She got into it. I don't know what I got because my chat Oh, it's a is four. Blank. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. The not, fuck? Not a natural one, but it's pretty damn close. So I got a four. All right. Um... Since Macecore's the last to pass through this water, he's still sort of, like, brushing the uh, water out of his eyes when the rest of you take a look around this chamber and use, uh, uh, I'll say that Dresden, you get the sense that you are inside of a giant hollow tree. And the the walls look like the 
they're made of natural wood, but it is the biggest tree that you have ever seen in your life. And both you and Felosiol can see that this room is lit by this glow coming from what appears to be the top of a chasm or a pit of some sort in the middle of this room that has a ring of stone around it. And above that glowing pit is this gaunt skeletal form that looks like it was once a man of some sort and now has this decayed look to its skin that's stretched across its skeletal frame and uh, its, its eyes are sunken and it appears to be floating in some sort of magical current and its eyes are closed uh, as it floats there. And you also see that this the inside of this gigantic tree chamber appears to be lit by small bioluminescent plants as well as some larger mushroom trees that are also glowing. So there's sort of this dim natural light coming from several sources in this room and then this eerie glow from this pit. And what do you do? Felosiel, do you think we're in a tree? I don't... Maybe? Um, do you think that thing knows we're here? Um, it doesn't look like so. Maybe we can get the sneak on it if we have to fight it. Well, it doesn't look very nice, so I'm assuming... I'm assuming it's gonna try and hoid us. Um, can we tell the glow? Does it look like the blue that is usually associated with burial? Uh, give me a investigation. A three. Oof. Um, you're not really sure. I'd say that your mind makes this connection, that there's this eerie glow and that's sometimes a burial trait. Mm. DM, could I do an insight or like a, a history or maybe like a religion check or some kind of check to see if I, I find anything about this skeleton? Like maybe something that Matarua has told me. Um, yeah, why don't you actually make me an arcana check for it? Ooh, Even better. Interesting. Even better. That's a... Oops, I can't see. A 17. Not bad. Um, you, Dresden, are struck as you walk one step further into this room by an overwhelming sense that there is a powerful, powerful magic present. And... That it's a dark magic. That you just get a, a sense. Given given the mm. deal you made with Matarua and the nature of your powers currently, you get the feeling that there is something incredibly powerful here. And why don't you also give me a history check? Because I feel like you were uh, good at history. I, 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 I don't know if you are anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, 19! Oh, nice. Got lucky there. That's crazy. Nice. So racking your brain and thinking back to your days as a wizard and all of your studies, which sometimes are hard to reach for you now, given that you left part of your soul in Nightshade. You rack your brain back to when you were a wizard and think back to your studies and something deep in the recesses of your mind, which are not always easy to access since part of you is still in Nightshade, reminds you of a passage that you once read in a book high up in the tower where you studied. And this creature, to your eyes, looks like a lich, which is a, uh, you don't remember a whole lot about it, but it's like a dark okay. sorcerer. Um, 
it does not bring me any pleasure to tell you all this, but there is a dark, heavy magic here, and that thing, that skeletal thing is, I don't know for sure, but it's some kind of dark sorcerer, and it is most likely emitting that dark energy magic. We should be very careful. Oi. It like dark energy, like you kind of emit now, like you get from Matarua. Do you think this thing is related to Matarua? I don't think so. I'm getting a pretty bad feeling from this thing, and I. No offense, Mister Dresden, but I, I don't get that bad of a vibe from you, even if it is sort of a bad vibe. But that thing gives yes, me the creeps. Hey, uh, Dresden, is this thing alive? Dead? Is it? Is it a human? What is it? I, Do you I, know? I don't believe it is human. I believe it's a perhaps a, a sorcerer or a wizard of some kind. Um, but it, if it's a wizard, it's been tainted by 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 dark dark magic, um, different different than than the kind of magic that I have. It's 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 very powerful, and and there's an over overwhelming sense of of dread and doom. So we should be very careful here and be decisive in our actions. Um, you all watch as Woody Mossman uh, drops low for a second and sort of scrabbles around on the ground and then comes up with like a stick. So he's got that as a weapon in his hands. Oh, that makes me think. Um, I got the dagger from when the note was thrown to Flint in the Purple Whale. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if I gave that to Piper or not. I, I like. I feel like I was thinking of doing it one time, but I don't know if I ever did. So I think I'll take this opportunity to hand that to her since she doesn't have any weapons now. Uh, okay. And she takes it in her hands and says, Oh my, this thing's, is it, it seems really sharp. Um, yes, you might need All it. Right. Just, just in case. Yep. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm. I'm feeling much more reassured about using a blade after using that gigantic one that I had before. I really wish I still had it, although I think it weighs more than I do now. Yeah, so this one's good. It's you're you look fast, right? You're fast, so this is gonna I'm be. Pre- good. I'm pretty quick. Yeah, I've got good hearing. Yeah, that's something. That's, yeah, that's true. Can... Speaking of which, should we be talking? Do we think that this thing is sleeping? What? Its eyes are closed, aren't they? I mean, it hasn't seem to notice us yet? I'm just worried about stepping off the whole way into this room. Can I do a, um, I guess I just want to know, I want to see if this thing is like what type of, just because I, if it's like a dead, if you said it was skeletal, if it's dead, I have a favored enemy status on it. Um, so I have vendors on survival checks and can track my favorite enemies as well as on intelligent checks to recall information about them. You can also learn one... Well, I don't have that language. Um, well, if you want to... I was going to say, if you want to use one of your intelligence skills to try to see if you remember anything about this creature or know anything about this creature, you could try that. Gee, I'm not good at <laughs> He's so stupid. <laughs> so it would be like history or insight or something like that? All right, let's or, try uh, insight. Yeah, what, what is an intelligence skill? I don't know which one's... Oh, um, insight is wisdom. History, investigation, history. religion nature yeah any of those if you want to try them although nature doesn't really maybe apply religion um well they're all one so i'm just gonna do an investigation <laughs> check 
19. Oh my goodness. Finally. There it is. It only took um, you 20 weeks of playing. Yeah. So here's what I'll tell you with that 19 investigation. You may score upon further inspection of this creature. Get the feeling that it's not actually a dead creature. That it is, in fact, alive. Okay. Uh, guys, I mean... I, it looks kind of funky, but I don't think it's a dead thing. I think it's I think it's very much alive. Well, mm. we either have to move forward or move back, but I think we have to move forward. I mean, didn't didn't the game say that we would get our prize at the end? Is is maybe this thing is here to just give us give us what we want? Mm. Or the game is still going on. Uh, Woody, Woody, have you ever gotten this far? Uh, the man is just sort of, like, looking around the room. That's not helpful, Woody. I think it just didn't know. He just didn't know you were talking to him. Oh. Just to be clear. Okay. Um, so. Can I do a stealth check to... What are you trying to do? Are these little spores on the ground? Are they, like, big enough as bushes so I can hide behind Yeah, they're kind of like bushes. Yeah. I'd can say I shrubs. do Shrubberies. a stealth tech check to go closer without being detected by anything? Yeah, make a uh, stealth check for me. 18. Um, and where are you trying to take up position here? How About how far into the room? Like, over there. Uh, I guess, how many feet is that? Like That's like 25, 30 feet. Yeah, yeah. To scurry behind a bush. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, uh, you move stealthily away from the rest of the group standing at the entryway. And you crouch down behind one of these bushes. And then all of you, all at once, hear a commotion coming from the central spot in this room. And you hear... Oh, Oh, wow, sorry. I've been napping for quite a while. No one's made it to the victory space of my game for a long, 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 long time. You must have done so well! I hope you enjoyed my menagerie. Hello? Can I just look back at everyone and be like, is he talking to us? Well, she just has, like, her lips, like, raised and discussed i don't know just uh, um <laughs> nah ex- hello uh yeah um i don't believe we've been introduced my name's dresden and you are not important my friend and i know exactly who you are what did you think of my menagerie so you you made the game that we played? This is my game! Hmm. So many people have played it, but... Wow. I just... I just haven't seen anyone here at the victory space in a long, 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 oh, long, yeah, long... We get it, yeah, long, a, long, a long time. Yes, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, oh, what? Wait. Wow. Are you there? And he points at uh, Woody Mossman. It's been a while. I didn't know you were still here. 
Boy, you, you're tenacious, huh? The only person to ever make two trips back to the victory space, this guy. But, uh, did he win? Oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but the victory space is just the final test. <laughs> I know, it's, it's a bit tricky of me. Uh, and if you don't pass the test? Let's cross that bridge when we come to it, shall we? Did you enjoy that glimpse of your futures that I gave you on that last space? No. I mean, wow, you all seem like you must be really important. There was some pretty crazy stuff in there. Is that things that are actually going to happen? Oh, well, I mean, it depends on what school of philosophy you subscribe to. I always like to think our fates aren't set in stone, though. And if I have my way, none of that stuff will come to pass. Uh, can I do a point of order? If Am I, does he know, like, if I talk or anything, am I currently stealthed and just, like... Uh, so you moved and then he started talking, so I would say you, you get the sense that even though you were very stealthy, that moving closer sort of triggered his reflex. Okay, okay. Um... Okay, so... Wow, oh man, yeah, no, I, I, this this has been just, I mean, it's wonderful to talk to someone after all this time, but I guess, what comes next? What comes I next? I think that's up that's... to you. Oh, you're right. I'm the one setting the rules, aren't I? Um, I well, guess. Does anyone ever win your game? Oh, wow, are we just having a Q&A session now? This is great. Um, I'd say so far, nope. And how long has that been? Oh. A long, boy, long, oh long, long, long time? It's been a long, yeah. long, 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 long. Wait, let me start over. No. I lost count. Oh, that's long. okay. Okay. We get it. Um, could you please tell us your name? Oh well, maybe if uh, maybe if you succeed on my final test here, but you know what? That's probably enough questions. Let's learn a little bit more about you because I think that might help me out. Um... And all of you immediately see black. So Felosio, suddenly you are walking down a rural cobblestone road. And you have a black veil over your head. And you are walking behind your mother, who is leading a procession of solemn mourners through your small elven community. Your father did not return from his most recent quest. And you haven't had word from him for so long. And your mother has finally made her peace with it. Um, what do you feel in that moment, walking with your mother? She's frustrated because she hasn't given up on her dad yet. Oh, interesting. Okay. And, well, granted, and a little sad because I think part of her wants to believe her mom, but a stronger part wants to not be doing this because there is no definite answer. Right. And this is probably the fifth or sixth such ceremony over the last few weeks as uh, the unit that your father was a part of did not return um, and reported mass casualties from whatever uh, excursion they were on. And 
Tell me what a what does a burial ceremony look like for your people? Um, they it's more of a like a, a pyre that they burn the body on. Oh, okay. Um, and so there's a there's a massive funeral pyre in the center of town. Again, the the fifth or sixth, uh, let's say the sixth in a matter of weeks, and. Uh, because the bodies did not return from this battle, the loved ones have been burning some sort of sigil or commemorative item of the lost warrior. Uh, in your case, what do you and your mother place on the pyre to represent your father? It's his favorite longbow that he didn't take with him. It's not a warrior one, but just his longbow oh, like for a- hunting. Gotcha. Hunting bow. Nice. So you place the hunting bow on the pyre and step back, and part of your responsibility in that moment is to be one of the folks who lights the funeral pyre along with any other immediate family and then several other chosen people to make sure that the fire gets an even spread. Um, Who are the other people that have torches to light his pyre? Um, It's definitely his... er uh, her mom is one of the other people, and then there are a few other people around the age of her parents who are family friends who maybe don't do the warrior type thing. Um, so one of them is one of the like healers, or more, I guess, is more like herbal healing for the town, and I think. Also, uh, he has a brother who is also there who does it. So it's a few family friends and then uh, his brother and her mom. What was Felicio's dad's name? Francis. Uh, Francis Fleetfoot? Yeah, sure. Francis Fleetfoot. And Frankie, uh, or no, um, Freddie. Freddie Fleetfoot is his brother. Mm. Alright, and after the pyre is lit and the smoke reaches up into the sky, let's flash forward a few hours here um, as you live out this scene once again. You are now back at your family's home and there is sort of a reception after this ceremony where folks have come to commiserate and share in uh, a toast to your father's memory. And... You're standing inside of the house and suddenly the walls start to feel like they're closing in on you a little bit and your head starts swimming. Um, Give me a constitution saving throw, please. Uh, 15. For just a moment, you feel like you might be sick, but you stifle it through your toughness. Um, What do you do? She, or I step outside of the house to get some air. You step outside and uh, give me a perception check when you walk outside. Uh, 22. So you walk outside and there's a lot of noise and light. And it's it's generally like a joyful sound coming from inside your house as people are trying to sort of do the celebration of life as opposed to the mourning of the loss of someone. Mm. And your restless sickness feeling uh, passes pretty quickly when you get out into the fresh air. And suddenly, 
just over the low stone wall that makes up a little bit of a yard in your family's house, just over that, on the mountain path that leads up into the mountains from your home, you see a gigantic stag. It just hops up onto the path, and it's standing there staring at you from maybe 15 feet away. Hmm. And it just holds its pose. What do you do? I take a step towards it. And if it doesn't move, another one. It doesn't back away from you as you step toward it, and instead starts to slowly walk along the trail. A trail that you've walked many times with your father. And it walks up the hill toward the foothills of the mountains. Uh, I follow it. And you follow it. And it walks at a pace that is just a bit faster than your own. And you struggle a little bit to keep up. Um, But once in a while, it sort of looks over its shoulder and seemingly is making sure that you are there. And it hops along and... You reach the foothills of the mountains where the woods take over the landscape and the deer continues and now it veers off of just off of the path and it walks for a few more minutes and it suddenly is standing under a tree and right above the deer you see the remnants of a platform that you and your father once built in that tree. It's your old tree fort. And the deer stands there for just a moment, and it looks at you, and then suddenly is gone. What do you do? I go to where it was, like, frantically looking, because how could it have just disappeared like that, and why did it bring me here? Um, when you reach the steps of the tree, or the, the base of the tree, with the tree for it, you see that the stairs that you had made or the ladder i guess that you had built into the trunk of the tree all those years ago which you you had been back to visit a few times over the years but it had not been upkept mm-hmm. but now the steps up to this platform have been recently rebuilt and there's a, a an easy to climb ladder up to the platform it's very it's strange um give me an insight check at 21 Your gut tells you that this is not just a strange coincidence and for just just a moment you have this fluttering feeling in your stomach because the only person that you ever saw up here was your dad. Mm. And these have clearly been handmade recently. She, or I go to climb it, um, maybe kind of quickly to get up to the top to see what's at the top. And you climb up and you find that the tree fort is pretty decrepit. It's falling apart a bit, but there is just enough of a platform against the trunk of the tree to hold your weight. And on that trunk, you find... A small wooden box and it's a wooden box that you recognize it's one from your childhood uh, you kept it up here you would sometimes keep things in it but the box you hadn't seen in a while and it's sitting right at the top of the ladder does it look like it's been touched recently um give me an investigation check 
Oh, dirty 20. Oh. Uh, it, it looks like it was placed there on purpose, but you can't really get a sense of the timeline. Like, there's no, like, dust print that's been moved or, or anything. Or leaves, like, covering it or anything. No, so it's it's kind of got the same cover as everything else there. Um, but you just don't really remember it being left right there at the top of the ladder. Yeah. Uh, so she'll climb up onto the platform and, like, sit down with her back to the tree and pick it up and open it. And you open the wooden box, and inside you find a folded scrap of paper. And on that paper, you find a note. And it's written in a handwriting that you would recognize almost anywhere, and that is your father's. And it says, Philosiel, if you ever find yourself lacking guidance, or you find that you don't have direction after I'm gone... I know that you'll find the answers. You just need to trust your heart, and why not go on an adventure? It's what I did when I was young, and it led me to your mother and to a great life, and I just want you to have the best life you can have. Love, Dad. I stare at the note for a really long time, trying to remember the last time I was up here, and just looking at it and kind of seeing if it looks old and how old it could have been. Give me an investigation again. Let's see what you think of this uh, piece of paper. A 15. It, it does look old. Um, and, and again, the box didn't appear to have been disturbed recently. The steps up to the platform are the only thing that seemed to be yeah. rebuilt more recently than your memory would have, have them. Mm. Um, but the, the flashback that you lived in on the bridge back in the previous episodes would have been several years, maybe five or five to seven years before this moment. Mm. Um, you were, what, how old did we say you were? I think one? I like was five, seven, maybe. Yeah. Five, seven. So you're, you're like a teenager now. Um, Felocial sits there for a little bit and cries, whether she's, it's because she's angry or, sad or frustrated or all of them together and then i'll fold up the note and take the note with me but leave the box behind where i found it nice and climb back down the tree and probably run back towards home confused and just also trying to get away from this memory that came back. Um, so you do that, and as you rejoin the main path that leads back to the village, there's something sitting in the middle of the path. And the sun started to set, so it's a little tough to tell what it is, but it's roughly, uh, I don't know, maybe two feet long and a foot wide or so um give me an investigation 17 from a distance even in the dying light you recognize this as the old backpack that you used to carry when you and your dad would go on hikes up in the woods and sitting on top of it and glinting in the darkness is your dad's old short sword one that he didn't take into battle with him anymore, but that 
he trusted you with on occasion when it came to training or just going on hikes and that sort of stuff. Um, and it's sitting right there in the middle of the pack. I will walk up towards it, looking around, and call out, Hello? Is someone... Is someone here? You got no answer. And kind of talking to myself, I say, I I don't know... Where did this come from? Who would put this here? And as you say that, that's going to be the end of your flashback. Uh. Dresden. Yes. Suddenly, you find yourself outside of your parents' house, playing alongside of the stream that runs through your backyard. And remember, your parents live on kind of the northern edge of uh, of the territories that have been settled in Finradel. And... So you're allowed to play outside because um, the area that you're in is like a little settlement. But, um, you know, it's it's like pretty, uh, I guess, forested around you is what I'm trying to say. And suddenly a small bird lands on the toe of your boot. Um, what were you what were you doing down at the stream? Uh, skipping rocks. Well, skipping rocks, but trying to make them float longer with with like like a little bit of magic. Um trying to make the, the rocks like skip for longer on the river stream. Okay. Um, and so this little bird sits on your toe for just a minute as you're standing on this riverbed and then it flies up and it lands on your shoulder. And uh, what do you do? Uh, uh, freak out a little bit and try to, Get it off me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, make a uh, dexterity saving throw. Uh, that is a... Oh, God. A six. Uh, the bird is not really, like, perturbed by you swatting, <laughs> like, meekly at it. Um, and instead, as you're, like, swatting your hands around at it, it actually manages to snag one of the best skipping rocks that you had out of your hand. Uh, and it grabs it in its little, like, I don't know, it doesn't have talons. It's not like a hawk, but, it, you know, it's yeah. little claws. And it, it sort of flies just up out of your reach with it. Hey, give it back. Uh, it kind of does the, like, whistle, like, <laughs> Come on. What do you want? Uh, the bird starts to slowly fly across the stream with your rock. I, I'll look back at my parents and and then sigh, and then I'll start to follow, follow the bird. Begrudgingly. Okay, make me a... Um, do a, either acrobatics or athletics, because there's a little, like, rock dam that you've built in this stream back there, so there's definitely a place to cross without getting wet, but I just want to see if you manage okay. it. 19. Yeah, you do great. You kind of like skip across these rocks. Um, you almost get a hand on the rock that the bird is carrying as that happens, but it's like just keeping it out of out of your reach. Uh, there's something about this that's almost a little bit fun um, that you're chasing this bird, and and it's like a you know it's you're not sure what species it is, but you're thinking maybe it's one that like collects rocks for its nest or for its like mating rituals or whatever. 
And, oh, and I guess we haven't said how old you are. You're like, how old were you in your first memory that we did? You were pretty young, right? Yeah. You're a little older than that. Okay. I think you were like five, maybe? Yeah, so Let's say you're seven. seven or eight. Okay. And, uh, and the bird flies a little further into the woods and you follow it. And, um... Give me a, uh, let's do a survival check to see how well you navigate the woods. How well do you know these woods since they're the ones right behind your house? Let's see. Eleven. So, yeah, you know it pretty well. You managed to get yourself snagged on a couple of, like, briar bushes, and uh, one of them even tears the hem of your shirt, and you're just thinking, oh, God, my mom's going to kill me. (laughs) Um, And the bird is always just a step ahead of you, and it's flying a little further into these woods, and... Uh, suddenly you come out into a clearing and it's a clearing that you've seen a couple times, but never on your own. Um, have you come quite this far past the stream and the bird drops the rock in the middle of the clearing and then it flies off into the trees on the far side. Um, and so your rock is just like 20 feet in front of you on the ground and you can see it there in the sun. Uh, what do you do? Um, I'll step forward and just kind of look around a little timid um, that I uh, haven't really don't have a ton of familiarity with this place and then I'll see my rock oh there it is and I'll go and try and get it Uh, timidly kind of being aware that I'm not in a super comfortable place give me a perception check please Uh, 18 just before you bend down to pick up your rock you hear a twig snap behind you, and your head instinctively jerks around, and you catch a glimpse of a tall figure in a cloak standing between you and the stream, uh, just inside of the tree line. Uh, what do you do? Um, can I? I'm gonna try to get to my rock so I have something to throw at this guy if he comes at me. Uh, so I'm gonna make a mad dash for for a rock to try to have a, a weapon of some kind. Okay, yeah, you can pick up the rock. Uh, you you're you know you're standing right over okay. it as this snap happens. Uh, okay. So you you bend down and pick up the rock. Um, are you are you making it obvious? Like are you? Yeah, I guess. How do you react when you realize there's someone there? So I'm standing over the rock when I realize someone's there, right? Yeah. I'm gonna try to. Uh, so I turn back and look and try. I'm trying to get down on my knees and, and, and pick up the rock without him, without this figure realizing. If I can, like. Okay, like, make me a uh, sleight of hand check. Oh God. Twelve. Yeah, you manage to scoop this rock up, um, and I'm gonna say that the figure doesn't know that what you were picking up exactly. Okay. As soon as you turn back in his direction, this this stranger in the cloak has now walked toward you and is only ten feet from you, and appears to be coming right at you. Um, uh, what do you do? I'm gonna start backing up, and I'm gonna say, "Hey, don't, don't come, don't take one more step. Stop it." <laughs> um, and uh, I'm gonna give. Uh, so I'll tell you, you can use cantrips. Okay only here. Okay. Okay, so if you've got cantrips, that's the one thing I'm gonna let you rely on since you're a youngster. So I should use cantrips from from my wizarding, not my warlock one, right? Oh yeah, that would be great, actually. If you've got that one handy. 
So you back away, and this creature, uh, this person, stands uh, still for just a moment. And I need you to make another perception check for me. 21 was the first one. That I got. Then I got a 3. I had an advantage for some reason. Should I just yeah, again? Yeah, nat 20. Okay, nat 20. No, that's alright. So with a nat 20, as you're backing away from this initial figure in this clearing, you suddenly get that sense where the hair on the back of your neck stands up. And you can tell that there are now two others over either of your shoulders. So you're sort of in the middle of a triangle of them. But I don't see them, correct? You haven't turned around to look at them, but you just know they're there. I'm going to cast Firebolt at the guy in front of me. Okay. Go ahead and uh, cast that for me. 19. That is going to hit. Roll that damage. 16. 16 fire damage. And because you're a child, you're only going to do a quarter of that. So it does four damage on impact. And you see this person sort of take... uh, He, like, swings his cloak in front of him just in the last second, and it absorbs this firebolt, and the cloak catches on fire. And suddenly um, you feel as if you are stuck. And I need you to make a spell save, uh, which is going to be a wisdom saving throw please and we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna subtract five from this roll since you are a child 11 so six six Uh, so you feel this creeping paralysis that hits you and one of these other humanoids behind you has cast hold person on you Um, not a spell that you've ever experienced before and so it is somewhat terrifying as you feel your body freeze up and you can no longer move and the person in front of you throws down the smoldering cloak and you see now that he is a fairly thin uh, but very intimidating and tall orc man and he scoops you up as you're paralyzed and quickly and deftly ties you up with some ropes and one of the others puts a burlap bag over your head, and suddenly you're knocked out. Poor me. And the next thing that you see is uh, some light, and you can't really make out what you're seeing. But you do have a headache, <laughs> and you can feel... Uh, actually, give me a perception check, and we'll do it with disadvantage, because you got conked. Uh, six. So with a six, all you can really tell is that you're moving, like, like shaking around. You're not really sure. You can't get a sense of the direction of travel or anything like that. And you catch a glimpse of a tall stone wall in front of you through a small hole in your bag. And that is the last thing that you remember from this scene. Then your scene goes dark and it rematerializes. And now you recognize where you are. You are back in the tower where you were once held as a boy. Give me an investigation check. Let's see what you find in this tower when you return to it as an adult. Oh, so I should be... Am I wizard adult or am I my current self a demon? Yeah, this is before your... Okay. This this memory is from before your adventure. Gosh, I just want to make sure. Is this from after he talked to the girl in the cell next to him? Yes. Okay. Um, investigation. 13. So you search this tower and uh you blast the front door off of its hinges with a fireball to start and you work your way through and there's no one there um clearly 
uh, your conclusion is that they, the, these captors, this sort of strange kidnapping slash training school has gone under or they've moved locations or something, but you are there searching for something specific. Uh, for for this moment, you can't really remember what it is that you're searching for. Can you make me a history check, please? 19. Uh, suddenly it dawns on you in this memory that the reason you were back there is because you were searching for Tatiana. And Tatiana was the elven girl that was held in the chamber next to yours back when this tower was full of captured children who were of the magical sorts and you were there searching for her because you were not sure when you escaped if she was able to escape in the same incident and as you search the tower you see some signs of a struggle you see old books that have been shattered by spells you see scalded marks on the wall from various spells that must have been cast so now you're getting the sense that this tower was not just abandoned and moved on from but rather there was some sort of violence that ended this situation. You go back to the floor where you know you were kept, and you find all the doors have swung open. Off, uh, Yours is actually hanging off as hinges, and you remember exactly why that was. Uh, can you tell me what happened to the door of your cell? Because of the multiple fireballs that I cast at it, at the door, out of anger. Awesome. Uh, and so... It's like a bl- on the inside. The inside of the door is black. The outside is wood colored, because you were just like throwing, throwing these things it. at it, um, slinging it. Love it. And uh, the door next to yours would have been Tatiana's, and you see that it is actually locked. It's one of the only doors in this building that you found closed. Um, what do you do? I'm gonna try and break it open. Oh, wait, wait. Um, well, so. After looking at my spells, or try, he's going through what, what, what he could possibly cast on the door, I'm realizing I'm not sure what the best um, spell would be, so I'm, I'm going to try pulling on the um, on the door handle and yelling for Tatiana. Um, give me a strength check. <laughs> Five. <laughs> uh, well, you're in luck. It doesn't take oh, much. Good. This door's not locked. And so... <laughs> You pull on the handle. It is a heavy, it's a heavy reinforced door, and with your very weak arms, you barely make it (laughs) open, but uh, you do get it to swing forward just far enough, and you call her name. You don't hear any response, uh, which doesn't surprise you based on the state of the tower, but inside you find that her room has mostly been stripped of all of its possessions, but it doesn't look like, you know, it it was looted or anything. It almost looks like she packed it up herself. Give me an investigation as you check out this room. 18. So you're looking around this room and there's virtually nothing there. Um, but you do see that there is a scroll of paper on the top of the desk in the corner. And it's all the way in the corner and it's covered in dust. But that's the one thing of note that you you notice. Um, I want to go over and uh, see if I can grab the note and read it. Or grab the paper. And, re- and read it. Yeah, you grab the paper, and it has a nice wax seal on it that actually has uh, sort of a flowered calligraphy T stamped on it, um, which, as you recall from another memory, 
was one of Tatiana's prized possessions that she managed to keep with her even after she was captured. She had a ring that had her family's crest on it. Um, and so she had stamped this note herself. So that, for a moment, gives you that same feeling that Felosio had in her memory where your stomach is sort of in knots for just a second because you're thinking this was written by Tatiana, a person that you have not seen in a long time and you've been searching for. So you, uh, you unroll this scroll and written in a very choppy, sloppy handwriting um, and not one that you would recognize so much because Tatiana did never really like show you things she had written in hand, uh, in her hand, but you're assuming it's hers given the crest and it says, Dear Dresden, I waited for you as long as I could. The others have all left and I must now go too. I will seek safety somewhere that they will never find me. I plan to disappear in Eclipse, until we can reconnect, and then we can come back to exact our revenge. Come and find me. I will watch for you. And it says, love, Tatiana. Ooh. <laughs> and your scene goes dark. Ooh. Because that was the thing that you came there to find, and that's your memory. Okay. Hi everyone, it's me, Keegan, your Felosio, and I'm here with your mid-roll announcement. This arc is quickly drawing to an end, so if you have any questions for us, please reach out to us on Twitter at T-I-H-W-R 20, or check out other ways to contact us in our show notes. We'd love to hear what questions you have for us and answer pretty much anything that you throw our way. I also wanted to plug our Patreon at patreon.com slash this is how we roll. Over there, you'll find hours of extra content, including a side campaign, maps, cut content, and more. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get all of this bonus content just for yourself. And thank you to our patrons, Junior, Johanna, and Mario. Another great way for you to support our show is by leaving us a rating and a review wherever you're listening. Ratings and reviews help us to be noticed by more listeners like yourselves, and it boosts us in the world of D&D podcasts. It only takes a moment, so even during this mid-roll, you could be over there rating and reviewing us to help our show grow. And an even easier way is to tell a friend or family member about it. Word of mouth is one of the best ways for our show to spread to more listeners like you. Thanks for listening to our show, and now, let's get back to the episode. Macecore, you and your sister Yara are playing outside in your village around dusk. What is it that the two of you are playing together? Um, we're playing bocce ball. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. The Dragonborn of Dragonhold, where I believe they make excellent wine as well, they've also perfected the art of lawn bowling, which is wonderful. So the two of you are playing a very competitive game of bocce, and... You can, uh, it, it's a nice, quiet, clear night. You hear the cry of a falcon from overhead. And just after that, uh, you hear one of your parents' voices calling you from inside. And uh, it's your mother, and she's calling you and Yara in for the night. And Yara races you to the door. Can you make an athletics check for me, please? I sure can. 
Ten. Yara got a seven. I win. So, at around the age of 11, um, the two of you... Were you twins? I think you were, right? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so, the two of you were twins, and around 11 is when you actually started to have an edge in some of the physical competitions between the two of you, whereas before that, she had always kicked your ass at everything. And so, she's not a particularly graceful loser still because of that um and so when you reach the door she says macy you cheated i you went before i said go no i didn't <laughs> oh my god he's gotten that's even too younger high. that's too high <laughs> he's gotten even younger than the last <laughs> too, memory too high yeah uh, <clears throat> no yeah i can't do it no i didn't <laughs> um and the two of you kind of argue and like push and shove and then you head to your respective bedrooms for the night and you are having somewhat fitful sleep on that night. Um, and so you sort of, <laughs> you're, you're laying there dreaming. What are you dreaming about on that night? You know, on that night, just, I, I beat, I, I beat, you know, I won in the little race we had. Um, probably thinking about how I'm going to kick my sister's butt in bocce ball, then, you know, the next day. And I'm going to take it one step further and say that part of your dream is that you have become a great athlete mm. and you see yourself as this future uh, heartthrob who is competing not just against your sister and the people in your village, but in the Coliseum uh, and the major stadiums in the hearth, which is a place that you and your family have traveled once or twice to see relatives through your young childhood. Um, although money has gotten tight and you haven't been there in a few years and suddenly your dream turns toward food. Um, what would be Mace Corps, young Mace Corps favorite thing to eat? I think any like barbecued meat, essentially. Oh, nice. Like it doesn't Love need it. to be a specific thing, but like, like maybe some grilled lizard or, Peanut butter and jelly. um, or like a grilled grilled yeah. human? No, I'm joking. No, it's just gotta be porridge, yeah. just like dressed grilled grilled meats, but like also like like sweet like cactus, like prickly pear juice. You know, nice. So you're having a dream now of a barbecue, family barbecue in the yard, and you are just eating uh, this delicious smoked meat, and it tastes amazing. Um, but as you chew it, the taste gets smokier and smokier and smokier. And I need you to make a insight check for me, please. Four. <laughs> um, you keep chewing and dreaming, and you don't necessarily get the impression that anything is happening, and suddenly you are snapped out of your dream by your father's voice. You can hear it bellowing down the hall as he screams, Get out of the house, Mace Corps! The house is burning! Everyone outside right now! Go out through your window! And what do you do? Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, and I just kind of follow his direction, and I... Do I make a check to jump out of the window? Yeah, make me an athletics check. I remember trying to do this at a brothel at one point. Let's see if you were always terrible. <laughs> 17. Oh, yeah. No, you do great. So, much better. Um, so you back up a couple steps and then use your 
bed as a vault and launch yourself out of your window. Um, luckily, you had had the glass part open for the night. It was a nice, cool, breezy night on the coast. Um, and you, you're on the first floor, but it's still a solid drop. You manage to roll on the cool grass beside your house, and you actually roll into some bushes on the edge of your yard on that side of the house. And give me a perception check. 13. With a 13, you hear voices as soon as you're outside. And you don't recognize them as members of your family. And you also see through the leaves of this bush several strange figures standing at the front door of your house. Um, and they are covered in rough-hewn leather armor and the like. Uh, uh, what do you do? You guys, who are you guys? Uh, they do not respond to you as the noise from this fire and the like the commotion around your village masks the sound of your, your startled voice. And you actually watch as these figures drag your father and your mother and your sister toward the central part of the village away from your front door. Uh, they haven't seen you though. And you can see Yara, uh, she's being dragged behind one of them with her arms tied together. And she looks in your direction and for just a moment, you make eye contact. She's being dragged further and further away. And suddenly, you see another of these cloaked, uh, armored figures has come around the other side of your house searching for any other survivors. Um, and I need you to make a stealth check for me. 22. So he passes by you and makes his way back to the front door of your house, past you, and now is now standing between you and your family who have been dragged off. And he's sort of standing guard there. What do you do? Is there, like, a rock or something I can do to, like, throw it from a certain direction to make it seem like someone... It's, like, not coming from me. It's coming from somewhere else. A um, pebble on the ground. Yeah, like, a, just... So what, what exactly are you trying to get him to think? I'm trying to get him to investigate somewhere else so I oh, can... Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, make, um... Make... I guess let's do a uh, dexterity attack to see how accurately you throw the rock. Eight. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, roll a d roll a d4 for unarmed damage. So we'll see like what this rock does. D one. <laughs> uh, so you attempt to throw this rock. Maybe where where were you aiming it? Just generally at him, you know. Okay. Uh, so you were trying to like get him to investigate maybe something coming from another direction or maybe something landing in another direction. Right, right. Um, but you accidentally throw this rock straight at him um, without a lot of power, and it hits his arm, and he turns and he looks right at you. <sighs> now you are in a hedgerow, and between that hedgerow uh, and this guy is your yard and and the corner of your house. Behind the hedgerow is the forest that surrounds Dragonhold, um, and it is nighttime, so it's dark. 
And you can see light now kicking up into the sky from other buildings in the village, and you get the sense that a lot of them are on fire. Um, so what do you do? This guy turns to look at you. You have a moment to react. Well, um, I, I start running towards the dark forest since he's looking at me and my father told me to get out. Awesome. Make a athletics check. Seven. <laughs> uh, I'm going to roll one for him. <laughs> it's going to be Oh, weird. he didn't do that much better. He got a nine. So he's gaining on you as you reach the edge of the dark forest and you manage to duck into the shadows and you see him pursuing you into the woods. Now, you know these woods pretty well. Um, so give me a survival check. Let's see how well you navigate. 20 non-natural. And that's a 15 for him. So you manage to stay <laughs> ahead of him and in fact, you gain some distance on this, this grown man who's chasing you. Uh, you see, you can hear him like hacking down some like low brush with his sword behind you. Um, you get the feeling that if he catches you, it is not going to be good. And the moon is shining, which you couldn't see in the village because of the smoke. Um, and so, as you get a little further away into the woods, you can actually see a little better. Um, and you come to a small babbling brook that runs through the the forest, and you can hear him coming up behind you. What do you do? Uh, there's a brook in front of me. Yeah. Mm, how deep is it? Is it like shallow? Um, give me, uh, actually, yeah, you would know. You would know as a person who like hangs out in the woods there. So it's probably like a foot and a half deep. So it's not super deep. And is it like no. a wide brook or is it like a sh little small? About 20 feet. Okay. A foot and a half is not big enough to submerge myself. Um... Uh, you're an 11 year old I'm gonna go in the brook and go upstream and start like going get down like kneel down kind of like I'm less uh, it's dark right so yeah and go really yeah, slow to, like, hide hide in the middle of yeah the stream. yeah okay make me a stealth check 24 that is pretty damn good uh his perception is way lower so he you hear him come crashing through the trees and he gets down on his hands and is sort of sniffing around trying to catch your scent and he tracks it right up to the edge of the stream where you entered it but then can't follow your smell in the water um, and you see him look around and then he sort of throws up his hands in frustration and then he starts to walk away um, back toward the village. What do you do? He's walking away. I guess I just wait for him to disappear and start running into the woods again. Okay. How long do you wait? About, like, two minutes, I'd say. I mean, I'm, like, what, 11, so I don't have a lot of patience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and give me a, you can give me a perception check, and we'll see if you kind of get a sense of when he's out of range of you. Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so, young Macecore, as soon as this guy turns to walk back, you get a bit cavalier, and you think to yourself, he's definitely not going to hear me now. And you step out on the far side of the stream, and as you do, you hear a twig snap under your foot. And 
Suddenly there is a tremendous commotion on the far side of the stream from you as this creature comes bolting through the underbrush. And you have maybe a ten foot lead on him as he bounds across the stream in two steps. One more time for me, make a athletics check. Nineteen. And a nineteen for him as well. So it takes a little bit of time, but as you cross this stream, there's an uphill slope to be climbed, and you reach the top of it, and you think that you're going to beat this, this person into the deeper parts of the woods and get away, but just as you think that, you feel his hand grasp your ankle. And you trip and you fall down with him holding on to you. What do you do? Um, I try and claw anything on the ground and try and like stick it like a, a sharp twig or something like that. Try and awesome. stick it into his arm. Um, let's do a sleight of hand to see what you, like how well you grab onto something. Fifteen. Yeah, you managed to grab onto like a pretty good sized river rock, like a round one. And you just, like, clock this guy, like, any part of him that you can get a hold of. You hit his fingers that are holding your ankle, which uh, sort of hurts your ankle, too. Um, but it is, uh, he, he howls in pain as that happens, but he doesn't let go. And it's a commotion. The two of you are just scrapping, and you are, like, scratching and kicking and spitting. And suddenly, he collapses. And... Sticking out of his back as he collapses forward onto you, you see a thick feathered arrow that has been buried in his back. And suddenly, standing in front of you, you see a small gnome wearing some camouflage garb and holding a short bow. And he says, You really got some fire in you! (laughs) Speaking of which... I need to go get some reinforcements so that we can go back and help the others. Who are you? Call me Yonder. Yonder. Are you a good guy? Looks like I'm better than him. That doesn't make you safe. I got your back, kid. Don't worry, you're safe with me. Okay. Where should I go? Come with me. I'll take you back to a safe spot. And then I'll contact the other rangers, and we'll come back and we'll take care of the rest of these sons of bitches. Okay, thank you. (laughs) And Yonda guides you, and he takes out a little um, mushroom, a glowing mushroom, and hands you one. And you go to, like, eat it, and he's like, no, 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 it's it's a flashlight, you just use it for the light. Oh, oh, it it seemed nice, I'm so hungry. (laughs) We'll get you something to eat, don't you worry. And the two of you walk off further into the forest, and that is where your memory ends. Piper finds herself suddenly (laughs) seven years old. (laughs) And she is heading to school for the first day back after her winter break, and she is wearing a brand new dress that her mother made her. And it might not be the most stylish you know, in style at that moment kind of garb, but it's way better than what she usually wears. And she's incredibly excited for school and to see her friends. And she's skittering around the kitchen with her sandpiper legs um, in their small bottom floor apartment in the horn. 
and she picks up her oversized book satchel and it's like stuffed to the brim and she scurries toward the door. Her mom is making something for breakfast. What's her mom making? You all can just like chip in on this one. Uh, bacon and um, eggs. Berries. Flaxseed. Flaxseed, berries, and did you say bacon and eggs? <laughs> sure did. <laughs> uh, it's other other types of yeah, eggs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and... And uh, her mom's making this big breakfast, and uh, Piper's about to just run out the door with her stuff. And her mom says, Piper, you almost forgot your hat and gloves. Aren't you going to have some breakfast? Sorry, Mom. I've got them. I I, I need to go. I, I want to get to school early so I can see all my friends. Ugh. Well, all right. Just at least take some with you. And she, like, shoves some bacon and flax seeds into her <laughs> hand as she runs out the door. <laughs> And Piper's, like, walking down the, the road, like, pecking at the seeds in her hand. And it's kind of dark when she leaves for school because at this time of year in the winter in the Horn, it's, like, uh, you know how the sun doesn't necessarily rise before, uh, like, 7 a.m. at times. Um, and so it's a little bit dark, and she walks her familiar route from the lower parts of town toward her school, and... She makes the final turn toward her school onto Expanse Street, which is, uh, as you may remember, in the Horn is the main thoroughfare that goes from the lower part of town to the upper part. Um, and she passes through a cluster of buildings, and suddenly a slightly older child who she does not know steps out in front of her onto Expanse Street, and several other children materialize around her, and in classic 80s villain style, the bully <gasps> oh, no. says... Well, 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 what do we have here? It looks like it's a little girl with a stupid dress. And what's in the bag? Uh, what is in her bag? Why don't you all tell me? Um, her favorite colored pens. Mm. Uh, wow. Um, uh, an old style, like, thing where you measure circumference. Oh, yeah, pencil on one side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh... <laughs> uh and then I think just a bunch of books that aren't actually school books, but books she had around her house that like her parents had, oh, but she so wanted good. to act. She acted like they were her school books. And she clutches her bag and says, "That the bag has my stuff. I need to get to school. You don't you don't go to my school. Who are you? That's none of your business, kid." And then there's a bullying scene that ensues. They like push her around. Um, they knock her bag out of her hand, and, uh, she, and, and they kind of just, like, push her, you know, like, they take the bag, they're, like, tossing it over her head, so it's not, like, it's not, like, bullying where, like, gang of teenagers, like, kicks the shit out of you on the street, um, but more, like, teasing and taking her stuff and keeping it away from her, and she's trying to get it back, and one of the girls in this bully gang knocks her to the ground with the last push, and... Piper feels the hem of her dress under one of her knees rip. And she stands up looking incredibly disappointed. But she dusts herself off and she turns around and addresses them all in front of her and she says, That's not very nice. I don't understand why you're doing this to me. But if you want to fight, then let's get it over with. Uh, and suddenly the bullies look scared, 
and they they have a look of worry on their face, and the big leader bully drops her bag on the ground and turns and hightails it down the street. Yeah. Um, and Piper feels, like, super relieved and really, really impressed with herself. And then she feels a hand on her shoulder, and she turns around, and she sees a tall orc man wearing a set of silver plate armor with uh, a religious emblem right in the center of it and he's carrying a massive sword on his back and he looks down at her and he he says can i help you pick up your bag miss looks like you dropped something and he helps her pick up her bag and put its contents back in he says i'm awful sorry there little one i promise not everyone out there will be mean like that there's more people like me, people who like to help people. I get the feeling that you might be someone who likes to help people. Just don't you let this moment change you now, you hear me? You keep doing good things, you keep being a good kid. I promise the world needs more good people like you, Piper. And that's the end of her memory. Aww. So Flint, you open your eyes, and you are once again in your childhood, just like you were back in the Bridge of Fate. And you are sitting on the front steps of your parents' beautiful stone house in the mountains on a cool spring morning. And you are feeling eager anticipation because today is the big festival day. And you hear a voice calling from down the lane. And who should it be but Stony Millbrook, your best friend. Stony! Hi, Flint! How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just looking forward to the festival. Yeah. Hey, do you wanna do you wanna come and play for a little bit? Yeah. Before that. Do I at this point right. do I have my new rock hammer? Uh yeah, you've got your rock hammer. Mm. Well, it's on your belt. That's right. Nice. I'm eager um, to go smack some rocks. And you know your parents are busy preparing for the festival, and so you think to yourself that it's surely it's fine if you go, you know, mess around for a little while. And you and Stony go, and uh, you run down into the town. Uh, what are you guys going to do to uh, to play in town? Um, I think that we want to go down to the stream that feeds out of the town to uh, crack rocks open and look for gems, like nice. uh, geodes and stuff. Awesome. Uh, and you do that. You go down uh, through town, and you're wearing a nicer, cleaner set of clothes than usual because your parents want you to be presentable, so you're trying hard while you're playing in the stream not to get messy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you're making Stony like, wade out into the water to get certain rocks and bring them back <laughs> to you. And uh, why don't you make me a investigation check? Let's see how well you identify these rocks. I rolled a four. Uh, you guys search for a while, and you don't really find anything particularly interesting, but uh, about an hour into your stream session, your streaming session, <laughs> you see Stoney sort of cock his head to the side, and then he smells the air, and he says, Oh, Flint, I think, I think there's something delicious being baked up downtown. You want to go and check it out? Oh, yeah, you bet, Stony. All right. And then he 
pockets the non-precious gems that you had pulled out of the stream and some just, like, cool-looking rocks. Hell yeah. Uh, and they're clacking in the pouch on his hip as he jogs off toward town in front of you, and the two of you head back into the center square of your town, and you can now see the source of this delicious smell, and it's a baker has a stand set up in the square, and he's putting out these incredibly fresh, delicious-looking sweet rolls, and uh, give me a history check. A five. Boy, getting the bad rolls out early. (laughs) So you don't recognize what those rolls are, um, but Stoney looks at them and he says, Oh, Flint, uh, what's the name of the festival that you're having in your town? Can you, you just tell me? It is the Cobblestone Cornerstone Festival event, and it's primarily put on by the Cornerstone Cobblestone Cobbler. okay great um like i feel like it's it's just a town fest like an annual festival that was like uh co-opted by one of the big businesses in town which is the town cobbler exactly uh cornerstones cobblers (laughs) and so now it's a sponsored event like like a bowl game or something right um and uh so stoney says flint you you've seen these before these are the Cornerstone Festival sweet rolls. They're the best every year. God, I, but I, I'd almost forgot. I didn't bring any money. Do you have any? Oh, God, I, I don't. Hey, we, we can try and give him all those rocks that we found. He's got, yeah, we can say that they're precious. Oh, that, that's a good idea. Let's do it. Uh, hey, uh, Mr. Baker. Oh, hello, boys. Hey, uh, yeah, mighty fine batch this year. Oh, I should certainly hope so, Mr. Flint. I'm certainly looking forward to the festival, and I hope I hope your parents are well. I'm I'm excited to see them light the ceremonial flame. Yeah, they're getting they're getting getting ready for it. Um, hey, uh, what 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 you say you barter for uh one of your rolls there, Mister? Well, these rolls are for after the ceremony. Well, you know that. I mean, I, uh, you, you might need to give them a little taste before. Make sure you got a good batch. Hmm, well, what are you offering? He, like, gets down low to the counter and sort of, like, motions you in, and he's like, if you've got something worth it, I can give you one. Just make sure you don't show anyone else. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Stoney, come here. Show him the potentially precious gems that we we, we got in the stream. Uh, Stoney dumps the whole bag on the counter <laughs> and, it, like, has a bunch of, like, mud and stuff, too. And you can see... uh the baker's face is sort of like these fucking kids. Uh, and he says, Hmm. Well, it looks like you boys have been doing some good work collecting these down there. I'll tell you what. I can only give you one for this, so you're going to have to split it. Yeah, it sounds good to me. I'm going to like look at Stoney like, Yeah, we did we did good. Yeah, all right. And, uh, and he gives you a sweet roll, and uh, the two of you split it in half. Um, what do you do after that? Oh, we just strut around town, licking the sticky off of our fingers. <laughs> are you are you hiding that you have this thing? Hell or you're no. Just, like, We're it? just like fuck yeah! Look what I got! Look at this! Look at this thing! Look at this roll I'm shoving down my gullet. 
and you don't see it, but uh, as people see that these are being distributed already, there's like a massive line now forming at the baker's shop, uh, even though he's like not supposed to be giving them out yet. Um, and the two of you, you kind of walk around town and take in the scenes, and you see a lot of people are starting to gather, and one of your father's servants spots you, and you hear him call out to you through a crowd um but he's sort of like squeezed out you know like a busy marketplace kind of scene um and the two of you scramble to get away uh can you make me an af- acrobatics check please that's a 20 Ooh. and that is a 16 for stony the two of you manage to quickly dart down an alleyway and you sort of like parkour between two buildings to like air bounce up to the roof (laughs) and the two of you get up onto the thatched roof and you're sort of hiding behind it as the servant goes running down this alleyway and then he's sort of looking around confused and then heads back up to the house and the two of you are on a rooftop that connects to a couple of other higher vantage points including the town bell tower that overlooks the main square where this ceremony is going to take place and so stoney suggests that you should head there so that you can see what's going on and watch the ceremony from the best seat in the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the two of you climb up there. And Flint, as you're settling in, you see your parents coming down the main road from further up the hill. And your father has all of his ceremonial garb on. Um, what does that look like? <laughs> oh, uh, flowing purple velvet with gilded like silver edges. Wow. Very nice. <laughs> And you see her mother walking beside him, and she has a frustrated and somewhat worried look on her face as they're walking. And you feel this instinct that you want to call out to her, because she was very explicit that you were supposed to be there with them for this ceremony. Oh, yikes. Um, And your parents walk into the square, and, and there's sort of like fanfare of trumpets, and like the town Oompa band strikes up a tune, and... The two of you suddenly feel that like the crowd is sort of blocking out the view to this podium a little bit um, just because of the angle that you're at. And so you start to climb down to get to a better vantage point. Um, Stoney actually gets snagged right as soon as he jumps off of the roof because his mom has been watching him up there and she drags him by the ear to the this spot where his family was watching. Oh, yikes. Um, you see an opening to try to get to where your parents are without sort of making a scene out of it. Can you make me a stealth check? Oh, I'd love to. I got a 25. Nice. That's a good roll. Actually, it wasn't that great of a roll. It was but actually it's a, kind of a bad it's a good roll, number. but good number. And so you manage to squeeze by a bunch of people in the back of this crowd without them seeing you. And the last place that you have to squeeze by is this like big hay cart um, right next to the baker's stand and there's a little rat that jumps out from the side of the cart as you approach it Um, can you make me a constitution saving (laughs) throw please oh my god a five (laughs) the rat startles you and you, you actually trip over a low-lying crate 
and kind of fall backwards and land on your back in the street. And the next thing you know, uh, your father's hand is on your shoulder and he's like picking you up by the scruff of your neck, essentially. Um, Waggling my arms, like, like, uh, what character am I thinking of? Like, like if Bowser picks up Toad by and his (laughs) arms are just like waving. Um, and he sits you down in front of him and, and sort of gives you a little dust off and says, uh, come on, son, it's time to, time to light, light the ceremonial fire. Um, and he turns to walk back toward the center of the square. As he does that, the hay cart behind you bursts into flames. And you're not sure if it was your fault but you definitely bumped into this thing and may have pushed it into something hot at the baker's stand and immediately this town of thatched roofs is just burning and uh, to add to the trouble the winds start to pick up through the day um, and this fire just spreads and spreads and spreads in the panic you manage to get away from your parents and you run away uh, where do you go when you run away? Uh, I go... I, I ju- I'm just, like, following the road, trying to get, like, to the next village. Okay. And you're 12 years old when this happens, by the way. Yeah. That was established. Right. Early that on in the game. was really early on, prior to me <laughs> yeah. being involved. Um, and so you kind of trot along, and, uh, there are tears stinging your eyes, um, and... That is where your scene goes dark. Oh my god. That's heartbreaking. drop um but i was gonna say like fifth floor apartment (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, no but you 